You're listening to Comedy Central. Hello! Take it easy. Hello? Hi, I'm Sean. And I'm Julian. And we're your two dads. And together, we're your two dads. We didn't do it at the same time at all. Together... We're two dudes. We're your two dads. We're, we're two dads. <laughs> hey, two dads, that's what we are. <laughs> hey, and that's our new theme song. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome back to Your Two Dads. Thanks for listening this yeah. week. Thank you for listening. I'm Sean. <laughs> no, we're done. We, oh, we're done. Yeah, we're past that. Oh, then I guess I have one question to ask you. How you dadding? I'm dadding pretty good. I had a week of not dadding. I had a vacation because it was my 40th birthday, and Meg got us a trip to Cabo. Whoa. Yeah. You went to a young place because you're old? Yeah. I what think was it like? There were a lot of old people there, but there were a lot of young people. Well, there was. it wasn't like uh, 20-somethings. It was like kids and old people. What'd you do there? Did, um, you, did you go to Cabo Wabo? <laughs> we did. <laughs> uh, I have a problem where if I if there's a place that has a place like that, I'm going to that place. Yeah. Oh my god. Because here it's win win. Because if you, you go and it sucks, you're like, I knew it sucked. But then if it's great, you're like, you know, it's pretty great. Did you go to Senor Frogs? No, we didn't go to Senior Frogs. I don't have any like curiosity about. Wait, that. Senior Frogs? Senior. Senior Frogs. Senior. It's Senior Frogs. Senior it's, uh, Frogs. He's a senior in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Frogs? Going Go here. I'll get you cheap chip tickets. Or, or whatever. I'm like so checked out <laughs> as a frog. What'd you do in Cabo? Uh, well, we went, first of all, the water is like, wow. You know what I mean? It's a shame that we're destroying Earth because it's so nice. Yeah, the, the water. Earth, the yeah. Earth. Yeah. The Earth is nice. The Earth is underrated by the people on Earth. <laughs> I think so. So the water, you're 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 loving the water. It's, it's crisp. It's cold, it's but blue. you're but you're not cold. It's impossible. It doesn't make any sense. Could you see your feet in it? Yes. When, no, that's yeah. cool. I you, I love water when you can see your feet. You could. It's so nice. As my uh, future brother-in-law said, uh, it, the water's so clear you could cut your fingernails in it. No, that's <laughs> okay. Or clip your fingernails. Uh, in I it. guess I get it. I get it. Like if your hand was underwater, you could see well enough to clip. Well, your, which is the grossest way to appreciate clear water. No, but that is. I do love. I love when the the water is blue because you could actually see the dolphin when you're jerking it off. because yeah. <laughs> it's the not knowing. That's that's so terrifying yeah. about the I dolphin. I think I'm jerking off a dolphin. Yeah, but and then you and then it's like it's a yeah. mackerel, and you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> uh, I wasted my hand on you. Oh, oh, and then the dolphin's all sad. Did you party, Hardy? Uh, well, no, I don't. We didn't. No, it was just us. Yeah, we went on a party boat. And there was a dinner. Yeah, wait, you went on a party bro- boat as like a sober person. Yeah, it like, was tisk tisk Cabo. Yeah, I was. I just judged everyone silently, <laughs> really loud. Uh, no, the food- more like Cabo Blabo. <laughs> <laughs> more like Cabo. I don't do that anymore. Uh, it was. We found the only other like uh, quiet couple and sat with them. They were from Denver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we were like the quiet table. It was pretty lame. And then, but the music. Oh, can I just say that the music in uh, vacation places? It's it at least in Cabo was all like classic rock. Yeah, like, because you're on vacation. All they played for white people was like the Eagles, okay. and you know, <laughs> I don't know. What? I I don't think we're allowed to say only white people like the Eagles, even though it's so true. <laughs> I think we're totally allowed to say that. 
I had to catch my. I, I don't think you're allowed to say other people like the Eagles. Yeah, I guess why would I put that on people of color that they like the Eagles? It's the most insulting thing you can say to someone. You, it's not woke to be wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I heard Hotel California more in Cabo than I've ever heard it in, in, in America. In California, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's rare to go into a place in California and hear Hotel California, and I've been in hotels in California. I've never heard it. Yeah. I mean, it's like wearing the shirt of the band to the show. Isn't Hotel California just like, isn't that, doesn't that just mean cocaine? Like, <laughs> like it, a metaphor? Yeah, I think it is a metaphor oh, for I cocaine. Never... Is that's why you check in, but you can't check out. It's because you're addicted to cocaine. That's very smart. I uh, hate the Eagles so much that I've never looked up anything about them. So that's how I don't know. But I like that. That's That does make I th- sense. I think it's Sun Tzu who says, <laughs> know thy enemy. <laughs> By the way, Google Don Henley now, and you'll be like, oh, my God. He looks, he got work done. He did. (laughs) Yeah, He He got work done, and he looks like, he's in his 70s, and no man should look like that. It's so weird. It's like this weird ageless creature. It sounds like you're getting horny for Don Henley. I mean, the way he fills out a jean jacket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after we after we sell out of Nugget Nation t-shirts, maybe we could sell out of Horny for Henley t-shirts. I mean, what is a more dead t-shirt than a shirt that says Horny for Henley? Horny for Henley? Oh, I forgot to ask you something. Mm-hmm. How you dead? How I dad in. Uh What I'm doing, uh, I mean, this week was pretty good. Uh, at one point, uh, my son wanted to be picked up so much by me, uh-huh. he uh, grabbed and squeezed my penis. <laughs> I did not like that at all. Uh-huh. Uh, it hurt. He dug his nails into my penis. What I'm hearing is if he had done a better job, you would have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? I can't. I don't want to say. It also sounds like he needs to go to Cabo and get his fingernails clipped yeah. underwater. <laughs> I mean, it it hurt. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm not okay with this. And I told him I wasn't okay with it. That's good. Yeah, it was good. That's uh, not easy for you. You don't like to say things like I don't that. Have, I don't like confrontations, especially with a two-year-old. Yeah, so what I did was. It's good to practice in the, your father role. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was, and I think this is what a. a a good piece of dad advice when he uh dug his nails into my the tip of my penis uh <laughs> he gave him an what were you or- wearing uh boxers i oh, had woken okay. up in the morning and okay. he wanted oreos uh-huh. uh, he and knows wanted, how to get them <laughs> he wanted to be picked up to get oreos and so i gave him oreos <laughs> so he, so he ate oreos for breakfast so he wouldn't dig his nails what? into my penis <laughs> Oh man! I think that's what it is to be a dad: is to give someone an Oreo so they don't rip your penis off. Yeah, I mean, if I had a nickel. Yeah. Uh, do you have a dad of the week? I do have a dad of the week. Um, and oh, it's time for dad of the week. Dad of the week. Week. Dad of the week this week. Matthew McConaughey. What? Yeah! <laughs> is he even a dad? <laughs> does he have children? He does. He has two. Uh, Levi and another one. I can't remember his name. Of course, Lexington or Levi, something. Levi and Strauss. Yeah, he named his kid after his favorite jeans. <laughs> it's his uh, T-shirt and Levi's. That's his... <laughs> So he's dad of the week because I was uh, looking it up, seeing who's out there doing the good dad work. Oh, googling dads. <laughs> yeah, and um, the so what I love is he was saying that and I had the quote, but I can't. I don't know where it went in my sorry, but anyway, he said that uh, his kid when they have a hard time, 
with a conflict and they're not sure like his kid he said his kid doesn't always have the words to describe how he's feeling he goes much like I do where he's like you know we're both like he's like basically we're both like the strong silent type yeah exactly <laughs> unless it's a Lincoln commercial apparently um, but he uh, said that the he, they put a wrestling mat out on the in the uh, foyer so he said, if you come home and you're in a bad mood, we just hit the mats. So he's basically... Wait, wait so so this, uh, this, again, I feel like you're not... You're giving the dad of the week to... I think this is great! So, wait a second. So you, if you have two young sons, and they're mad, and they don't know how to describe... Kick the shit out of each no. other! Well, it's an even... Yeah, when rules. you're mad, just fight it out! No, it's wrestling, and it's Olympic. It's Greco-Roman. So okay. it's, there's rules, there's points... Uh, you know, no, it's it get your aggression out, and then you feel better afterwards. I think that there's something cert- a little bit healthy about that. There, it might be, but like, don't you think in that in, in this scenario, it is teaching you whenever you're angry that you should beat up your brother? Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, that's not it's not wrong. I right. mean, that that got me through all of my teenage years. Exactly, but, but this is adulterated, uh, you know, organized with a mat. So you know. It, it, Do they have a ref on staff? Like, I'm assuming whatever the mom is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Peruvian model? <laughs> she's, she's, she's doing a, head, a yoga headstand in the corner, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't know. I think there's something to... I think it's cool that Matthew McConaughey is exactly who you think he is as a father. Yeah. And that he's like, we'll just wrestle it out. And okay. then it's all right. So, like, there's probably, like, dads who save their kids from, like, getting hit by a car this week. But you're like, you know what? Matthew McConaughey lets his kids hey, fight. I Googled Dad that. Of the week. I Googled that. Nobody <laughs> saved their kid from a car this week. So it's got to go to Matthew McConaughey. Okay. You know what? Congratulations, Matthew McConaughey. You're the dad of the week. If you, I know you listen. <laughs> please. Please Photoshop our face on Nuggets. We have to. <laughs> We have to go online and we have to give him the Dad of the Week award yeah. and maybe he'll see it. Maybe he will. Yeah. I, he definitely seems like he's definitely active, active on social media. We definitely will also make time for him to be on the show. Yeah. If he wants to be if on the show. If you want to come on, be, be on. You can't be Dad of the Week twice. That's the rule. Yeah, that's the only problem. Yeah. You have to nominate somebody else. Who's on the show this week? We have uh, an amazing dude that I am going to try to keep it together for because yeah. uh, he's worked on some of the best shit ever. He's a writer, producer. He was a writer on Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. He was a writer on Baskets, mm-hmm. uh, Silicon Valley, and he has a new project on Netflix. Uh, help me say it. Frankenstein's Monster, 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 Monster Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Uh, starring, is it David Harborough? Dave, David Harbour. Harbour from uh, Stranger Things. And uh, Kate Berlant is in it as well. And uh, anyway, he's awesome. Uh, and he has his own podcast, John Levenstein's Retirement Party. Welcome, John Levenstein. He's a stepdad. <laughs> he is. Oh, that's right. He yeah. is a stepdad and a teenage daughter. We'll yeah. get into it. Yeah. John Levenstein. Guys, it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. If you don't even know that, then I don't know what's wrong with you and you're beyond help. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon <laughs> E50s are the are the future of earbuds. They look awesome. They sound just as good as any other earbud on the market, and they're like not even close to the same price. They're awesome. Have you tried them? I have tried them. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J. I mean, the music sounds great in them. Uh, they look cool. Uh just ask Melissa Etheridge because she loves them. And she you know she's a serious musician, right? She is a serious musician. But here's the best part. They also have a microphone. You can use them to talk on your phone, right? 
In a way, and I Wait, called the my microphone, fa- but they just go in your ears. Like I have I, no idea how it works. I literally don't, and I didn't want to Google it because I want to believe in magic. So I tried them, right? And I called my family for the first time in like three weeks because I was like, I want to see if these earbuds work. Yeah. So I called my dad, and uh, they worked. So in a way, Ray J is reconnecting my family. <laughs> I mean, Ray J's done a lot for families. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of one. Uh, so. Go to buyraycon.com slash two dads to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash two dads and get these earbuds. They're awesome. You get 15% off because you listen to your two dads. You hear that, kids? Nugget Nation? Yeah. So go to buyraycon.com slash two dads. That's the number two and dads, and you'll get 15% off these amazing earbuds. Go do it. And then tell us about it. We love these earbuds. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming and, and figuring out how to put your car somewhere. Yeah, we did it. We did it. It's a monolith. This building. It's By very the way, scary. I just want to start off. I know this isn't dad related, but I I watch uh, Frankenstein's Monsters, Monster Frankenstein. I loved it. Thank you. I mean, the, I think it's so funny, but there's also the joke, just the fact that it exists. You know? Yeah. No, my my absolute favorite thing in comedy is when uh, money is put forth for something that doesn't need to exist. Like, I love that. Oh, I, you mean comedy? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I guess I'm describing all of comedy. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was really it was really energizing. I hadn't had an experience in a while where no one was hitting the brakes really. Like we had a limited <laughs> amount of money, but no one was stopping us from doing anything we thought was funny. I mean, it was it's truly great. Did you see it, Julian? I get that impression. Not yet. I want. I'm definitely going to watch it. But a half, the, hour, a half hour of your time, Julian. Huh? Ugh. Uh, but no, I, I get that feeling from Seth Rogen that he does stuff like that. Like he'll spend a lot of money. On something just because he's like, I want to do this, and I don't care if it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder if that was his intention. <laughs> <laughs> I think Netflix is starting to like do things that are weird that they're not publicizing that much until they drop them. Like they did that Bash Brothers one a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. I hope they do more. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, I think that's just the luxury of having so much money. Well, and it's talent relations too. Like I got in because David Harbour want, wanted to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Which is great. I mean, that's great. So that's kind of like a baby. <laughs> it is kind of like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John, you had asked us our family situation, which we can get to. We can rehash again. But what is yours? I um, have a 21-year-old. Great. Technically, former stepdaughter who's in college now, but she lived with me from age 14 on after the divorce. So, like, it was a rare situation that I was an ex-stepfather, not with sole custody, but she was living with me. Okay. Um, and I met her mother when she was five, mm-hmm. and then we got divorced when she was 13, and she lived with her mother for a while, who remarried, and it turned out to be a bad situation, which was okay. how she ended up back with me. And so I'm kind of a single-parent ex-stepfather at this point. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting because uh, that is, I don't know how similar it is, but my, uh, I have a, st- uh, not technically a stepdaughter yet, but who's five. And but when I you have... get married, she will be a stepdaughter. Yes. And when you get divorced, she, you will you, have She will be a former <laughs> stepdaughter. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and my daughter is uh, six and my fiance entered her life when she was five. So in that way, the parallel is similar. Well, and- you know, every kid is different, but in some ways, I feel like the built-in boundaries and respect that you have to have for a kid coming in as 
at first is like mom's boyfriend. Like you're just yeah. this guy. And then even as a stepfather, a former stepfather, whatever, I think that there's a tendency to respect boundaries more than a parent mm-hmm. might. Because you don't want to be creepy. You don't want to be intrusive. And I feel like more parents should act like step-parents. Yeah. I've said before that uh, one of the hardest parts about parenting is that they're your kid. That if they weren't your kid, you'd be able, it'd be, it'd be an easy, it'd be, you'd do a better job because a little bit of detachment is good for the rules you're supposed to set for these kids because you love them so much. Sometimes it's hard to be tough on them. Well, yeah. And also just certain things you shouldn't be tough at all. Like a lot of things are their business. Like ultimately, by the time my daughter is a teenager, I wasn't disciplining tone. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of parents will get into these cycles with don't take that tone with me. Just like take yes for an answer. Who cares? I don't dis- <laughs> yeah. I don't discipline style. Like okay. I don't discipline a messy room. There's just a lot that I accepted as her business. Okay. That's interesting. This sounds, I like that. This sounds the exact opposite of how things still are with myself and my parents. Mm-hmm. Like I mean they're Oh, you're you have no boundaries in I, your house, right? With your mom? No, but like well, growing up, I mean. growing up, they were very much like you could do whatever you want. Yeah. But now, now that I live three thousand miles from them, I still get tone like tone notes from my parents. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like, don't talk to me that way. Oh yeah, and I'm like just you know defending the world against their awful beliefs. Right. I I found out they listen to this, so I could just say whatever I want now right. that they like it. <laughs> and I, I would say to your parents, don't discipline tone. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's great though. Like I, yeah. I, it's just the opposite of how I, I've grown up is that I'm Irish Catholic, and my yeah. parents have to be like, I guess, on a porcelain plate when they die. Like, that's <laughs> all they want. <laughs> no, I think you're, that's that's a good point though. I think those boundaries would benefit any family, you know. And then there's times you have to get in there, but like even the fact that my daughter's doing so well in college made me realize that to the extent I was parenting, I was over-parenting when she was 16, 17, 18. Like okay. her last few years in high school, that whatever I did that I thought was necessary, like if it was so necessary, why does she why is she doing better in college than she was doing in high school? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> so like it takes So you were messing it up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so like I don't know how, but I feel like it, as kids get older, it takes restraint. Yeah. You know, and like my daughter went to private school in LA like a lot of kids and you hope they won't and then they do whatever but even as of tw- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. E- even as of 12th grade there were so many parents who were overly involved and like there would be like a debate tournament and I'd be on an email chain with some mom wondering what yummy snack she should bring it's like <gasps> your kids for are seniors yeah, in high school your kids are fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you're going to bring pussy i don't think they, i don't think they're going to care <laughs> See, that is a, a thing that I haven't thought about at all. I have a two-year-old, so, like, I don't what – it, what is it like raising a teenager? Like, I don't – I have not been around a teenager in years and years and years. Yeah, not a real one. Like, how do you do uh, – like, how do you do I mean, that? It's it's crazy because they're crazy as, as teenagers with hormones or, or whatever. But I – here's what I would say. I always wanted them at my house. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like a lot of parents in LA mm-hmm. parent out of convenience in that I'm not in their, I'm not in the kids' business in a lot of ways, but I do want them in my environment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of parents didn't know what was going on with their own kids because they were more determined not to have the chaos at their house. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, and then it's just like it, it's full of mixed messages, unfortunately. So, like, there was the moment when my daughter was like 15, where we're getting the like. HPV vaccines and mm-hmm. getting her birth control yeah. and like 
now I'm giving her condoms, but it was with the message, sex is not sanctioned behavior. Okay. But you've got to get them birth control. (laughs) You know, so like at every step when they're teenagers. That's a complicated one. Yeah, you're protecting them, but you're telling them to wait. There's a million reasons why you shouldn't do this. Yeah. But the only thing to keep it from being a disaster is if I give you this. Well, and also we're going to go back to the doctor three times for these shots and boosters for this thing you're not going to (laughs) do. Right. That's tough. But you've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my parent, my, I, I feel like I know my parents, they didn't even ever mention sex to me. Yeah. And uh, it just made it so foreign and weird. If you're that, like, what's sex? They'd be like, we don't like your tone, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, cool it, mister. <laughs> Buster Brown. <clears throat> I we, we had that talk. My parents tried to give me the talk, and I did that thing where I was like, hey, no, no, it's fine. Like, hey, no, no, let's not. Yeah. And then they were like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, they back. I said no, and they backed off. I think they've walked away from it like, okay, we tried, and that's all we and, can do. And did you pretend that you knew things already that you didn't know, or did you really not need to have the talk? Uh, a lesser comedian would be like, well, I was 25. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I don't remember. I think they brought it up because I had my first girlfriend, yeah. and I was in uh, the summer between 8th and ninth grade. So it was a good year where you're like, they were right to catch me early. Like, I was not. And, you know, yeah. I was not mature in that way. Um, but I didn't, I don't, I did, you know, I didn't think I knew what I was going to be doing, but I knew that they were just like, they were trying to gauge how far I was getting. Well, basically. and that seems, it's not a talk so much about like what sex is at that point as it's a talk about responsibility yes. and things like that. Right? Yeah. And they were like, they were basically trying to suss out how, how far we'd gotten. And if we were close to, I think having sex, oh, I think, and, um, and I was like, first of all, we weren't. So I was like, don't remind me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also it's like, yeah. It's yeah. basically your parents saying you're a loser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you're probably having sex with her by now. And I'm like, right. <laughs> and also, like, yeah, mom and dad, we can have this talk without you asking any questions at all. Yeah. Like, you could tell me what I need to know. <laughs> you could tell me what I need to know without gauging what's going on on my dates. Exactly. I actually barely remember this because I kind of blacked it out. Like, I blacked it out in the moment. I was like, this isn't happening. You know, it was like one of those kind of things. It was so awkward. We never, I didn't even like my parents when I was a kid knowing that I liked a girl. Like, I just No, didn't, no. At all. Like, it was like my worst nightmare. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want my friends to know that much either. I was self-conscious in general about the idea of being observed liking someone or having a feeling or anything, right. you know? Yeah, I always like to view myself as being on the outside, that no one could see me, and that I was just observing all of this <laughs> behavior. Yeah. But yeah, everyone knew that when I liked someone, because I uh, got hearts in my eyes. <laughs> that was who I was. Oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so uh, embarrassing. The other thing I have to say about teenagers is... Like, they definitely liked it that I was funny. Like, I think probably mm-hmm. I was the only one that they were all trying to be friends with in high school. And right. I feel like a lot of the other parents were a little too appropriate. Like, uh, I think some parents are more concerned with – too concerned with correct parenting. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. I think I think the, it's more important that you're someone that they yeah. can recognize as a person – than what that person does or doesn't do. Like, first, they've got to know that you're a person who's saying it. And, like, some parents in L.A., like, really take themselves out of the equation. It's more like they're doing it the way the kid's therapist told them to do it or something. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like they're doing a job. Like, yeah. they're, it's like they're their job I, self. I think that is a, a thing that has affected me even later in life is, like, uh, my parents always just came off more like authority figures, more mm-hmm. so, like, they're... they're I cannot view them as people. Right. Like they would, I would leave for the day and then I'd come home and they're there. Like this is their office. Right. So, like, I think, like, in a lot of ways, whatever I am communicating with anyone 
who's older than me, I'm like, you are an authority figure. And yeah, you're not a full person. Yeah. You're like this thing I have to appease. Yeah, I have yeah. to appease or rebel against. Like, right. I, it's ruined me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love a parent that <laughs> came off as a person. That's, stability from a kid. Kids feel stability when they know who you are. Well, and here, here's another part of it, which I think no one would say to do this, but like the way that I would discipline, I would say from an early age, and it has to do with like who you are, it's not the best way to teach a kid, is like a lot of things wouldn't upset me that might upset other parents, but like there would be a consequence if something bugged me. Mm-hmm. So that's not, <laughs> so that's not, so for instance, like. That's how I hope to parent. Yeah. So like, for instance, I, it would make me crazy if like my daughter was late and that made me late because I don't like being late. And like yeah. now this interdependency is making me late. Mm-hmm. So like that is something I would punish her for. Right. And then there's like huge things I wouldn't punish her for because they didn't bother me or I thought they were <laughs> funny or whatever. But like, okay, but now you're making me late. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But again, I feel like that's an authentic relationship. You know? they, they, and they can sense, unfortunately, everything and on some level. And so if you are making a rule or enforcing a rule or telling them something that isn't coming from your heart but really just coming from you think you should say that thing, they can tell. And then pretty soon you've de- devalidated your entire existence. Well, and that's where divorce parenting is hard too. Like when my wife and I were first separated and we were both living in Los Angeles before she moved away and there's that idea that like you're sharing custody and you're supposed to be on the same page about certain things, but there's a lot I didn't care about, you know. Right. Yeah. Like things like I don't care as much about internet and video games as some parents do. Because mm-hmm. again, in my daughter's case, I felt like they were one of the main avenues of her social life. Yeah. 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 The, I, I've talked to like Dave Anthony, for example, said that his kid, he didn't let his kid play Fortnite forever because, because it's like scary. It's like so addictive and all of that. Right. And then he's like, after a while, I realized like he had no friends because right. they were all doing it through Fortnite. They don't hang out like, he's like, I thought it was like you go ride bikes together and that's your friends. He's like, they don't even do that. They play Fortnite. So by by me not allowing him to play, it was impossible to him, for him to have a social life. Right, because they each might be in their homes, but it's still social, like within their abilities, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and the whole thing that it boils down to, I think, for parenting and people getting so worked up about it is is that really scary thing of you just kind of have to trust them after a certain point? Like I've I've done what I can do, and I have to have faith in them as people, and that's it. And it's like that's terrifying for a lot of people. They ca- they got to feel like they got to control. Like with the snacks in senior year, it's like yeah, yeah, you know that's a that's a benign example of someone who can't let go. You know. <sighs> Yeah, I don't even think I went home senior year. Like, I, I think my, I remember ver- vividly like staying out to like 3 a.m. doing like random things. Like yeah. my friend Drac had like this Ford Taurus that he wanted to beat up so much. Uh-huh. So we'd just like drive through a car wash with the windows open at 3 in the morning. Like, that's awesome. Rather than go home yeah. like to do anything. You think, you, you think that's awesome? Huh? They drove through a car wash at three in the morning with the windows open. Oh, from the per- That's awesome. <laughs> from, yeah. The, yeah. from the experience, I put myself totally in the, the head of a, a senior uh, high school boy, and I'm yeah, like, "That's there. awesome. That oh would be God. so fun." Maybe no that's, hesitation. That no, no, might, I'm right there. That <laughs> might be why my parents never had a sex talk. With me. <laughs> that's what I was doing. Like with my. my oh, that's so funny. In, when I was in high school, my dad's parental approach was every morning. Uh, I would wake up. He'd already left for work, and it was uh, a $5 bill for me to eat for the rest of the day until dinner time, and then a note that with a drawing of his face, and it just said, be you. That was my dad's parenting all through high school. That's not bad. No. no that's it was pretty... just me and him at that point. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty Where good. Where were you? 
Well, this was in South Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was basically, because this thing was basically like, you do what you do and I do what I do. I trust you as a person. And if you get in trouble, maybe I'll be around to help. But for the most part. And what did he do? Where was he going during the day? Oh, he was a, uh, at that point, he was working in a, dist- a book warehouse um, where he was like a stalker, a receiver, shipper, like, you know, blue collar guy. So at that point, you guys were just like roommates. More we so- were basically roommates. And then I eventually, at 16, got a job in the same building. And then so, and, but he, I wouldn't like, so I'd ride my bike to where he was working and work part time. And then we would leave together. Well, he would drive home and I would ride my bike. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he, then we'd... he didn't want he he didn't want to be associated with you yeah. for being you at the warehouse. He's like, I can't have the guys see me putting your bike in my car. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> hey guys, we want to talk to you about Circle. You guys know kids face a million online distractions. Fortnite, Snapchat, Instagram. Sean, what's Nolan doing on online? Uh, straight up TikTok, nonstop. <laughs> he loves TikTok. Uh, the list goes on. Circle makes it easy to take childhood offline when needed so they can focus on homework, chores, or bedtime, or just loving their parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just focus on me, please. <laughs> uh, are your Maybe your kids are buying apps they shouldn't. They're signing up for social networks they're too young for. With Circle, you can rest easy knowing that they're safe inside the guidelines you set. And this is what I love about it. It's the easiest way to manage your family's online time across all their connected devices inside and outside your home. It's way easier than standing over their shoulder and going, don't do that. (laughs) It is easier than that. (laughs) With Circle Home Plus and the Circle app, parents can filter what content is allowed, set limits for screen time, and monitor history and usage. Yeah, like you could see what website they're on and be like, not today, buster. Yeah. Off. And then when they're like, what happened? You can be like, the circle did it. The circle did it. Passing the buck is the best feeling in the world when it comes to parenting. And you know what? Circle allows you to do that. Yes. And each family member has a profile that's fully customizable to their needs, age, and maturity. So you'll never stop worrying about your kids. But with Circle, you'll have one less thing to worry about. But, so, get, but get this. What? Get this. What? Right now, our listeners get a limited time offer of $30 off a Circle Home Plus when you visit meetcircle.com slash two dads. That's meetcircle.com slash the number two dads. And you enter two dads at checkout. $30 off? You're making money. Yeah. So get $30 off when you visit meetcircle.com slash two dads. That's M-E-E-T circle.com slash two dads, the number two and dads, and then enter the number two and dads at checkout. This is a limited time podcast exclusive offer. That's meetcircle.com slash two dads and enter two dads to save $30. So boys, how did that go down? In terms of like, did you have a boyfriend and all that? Like, did you? How, yes. How hands off were you staying with that? I mean, I would get involved um, to a point mm-hmm. in that I wouldn't make like once she was sexually active. Like, let's say during the years that like you kind of know it's starting to happen, but you're not embracing it. Let's say yeah. so, like maybe fifteen to seventeen or whatever. I wasn't making it easy for her. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't making it hard for her. So, like, I, right. wasn't, I wasn't like your boyfriend can sleep over at, my, at the house. Um, but I wasn't like if I found out that you and your boyfriend were in the house alone when I wasn't here, you'll be in trouble. It wasn't like that okay. either. 
Yeah. It was yeah. more like figure it out. Yeah. I'm not going to strategize your sex life. All I can tell you. <laughs> You're like, I'm against it and I'm going to live my life to reflect that value. <laughs> and just fill in. And then you fill in the rest. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Because yeah, you can't, it can't be like that, you know, you're the ally, but you're not the enemy either. It's right. a funny area, you know? I think it also like that, the, the strategizing and the planning is actually what gives you your first like actual attempt at learning to plan is like <laughs> yeah is like working around your parents schedule is yeah. like honestly it's like the most uh structured my life got in my teenage oh, yeah years. it gives That's you those funny. heist skills that you need <laughs> and i'm like i'm flattered like she's never cared about my schedule yeah. before she wants to know when i'll be <laughs> home from work but then i i was what i was very stern about it's like because sometimes there'd be group sleepovers at my house or whatever and like a couple times i smelled a rat where what was happening was she had two friends whose parents were strict and now they were both going to sleep over at my house. And like the idea that something was going to happen at my house with kids that weren't my kid, like that was never going to happen. So like I was really mm-hmm. strict about open doors. I'll, oh, kick, okay. I'll kick kids out in the middle of the <laughs> night. Like I don't care. <laughs> That's great. Did you, uh, do you live in like a single story house or do you? Yes. It's a pretty small house. Okay. So, mm-hmm. So there, theoretically, people could be climbing through windows. I mean, and I'm not saying no. They would be there. Like sometimes my daughter's best friend and the best friend's boyfriend would both be there for the night. I was just making sure they didn't have privacy. Yeah. Okay. That's That's yeah. That's smart. These houses where it's like eight bedrooms and you know whatever. It's like nothing sends a message to a kid like. Get away with everything, like yeah. having a way too big house. Like, like Ken- I don't know why <laughs> they would do that. Like a Kennedy summer home. Yeah, there's like yeah. The seven yeah. beds you have to keep an eye on. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to be in the fuck room. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I mean, then the other side of it, though, was also like until like, it's not like I'm, I'm not like in her face about it anymore. But like I would say like through when my daughter was in high school, I was pretty discreet about smoking pot. So, like, it wasn't a secret, but also, again, I have a small house, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing that where it was, like, that obvious to her and her friends either. So, Mm -hmm. like, we were all hiding things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's no fun if you're not hiding something, you know? You you need something for you. Of course. Yeah. I think it sounds perfect, uh, the style that you're describing, and I hope I can do it, where you're, you're like, these are the reasonable boundaries that are you're living within and within those it's up to you what you do well but it's here's what then that makes them come they, they feel safe and then they also can come to you i don't really have to defend my parenting style because it's what was possible i would yeah. say you know what okay. i mean it's like i feel like there's anything further and i would have short-circuited i wouldn't have mm-hmm. been able to work like in some way or another i wouldn't have been able to function as well so okay. i feel like kind of like I did what I was able to do without ruining my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I didn't feel – I wasn't going to ruin my life. I didn't feel like that was going to do anyone any good either. So right. it was kind of like – in each step, I was like, what can I do within reason? Like a big thing I did in high school that made my life better was my daughter was kind of a hypochondriac, I would say, mm-hmm. um, from maybe age 14 to 18. And it was driving me crazy, just like making medical appointments, filling out forms. And at some point when she was like 15 or 16, I said – you can see whatever doctor you want, because I'll never say, don't worry about it. Like, I don't know what's serious. I don't know what isn't serious. But you have to make the appointments, and you have to fill out the forms. And so 
it did two things. One was like it gave her a little barrier to entry where she had to act mm-hmm. like she had to be a little less casual about making a doctor's appointment. But also over the years, she's become great at filling out forms. So, <laughs> so, like, so, so, so I got to a point where like I almost had a phobia about like a dread about it whenever there is a new appointment. Oh, God, a new form, a new portal, whatever. I'd be like pissed before anything happened. Yeah. But she's really good at filling out forms, registering products, <laughs> like all, all of that stuff. Like she can, she can do it. I love that you've backed into be raising a great person. Right. Again, so, so, so that, again, was totally based on my limits in that case, too. Uh, by the way, my wife did that exact same thing to me, and that's how I've kind of gotten over my... Ah, that's what, I wondered how it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was completely my wife was like, oh, I will like, no longer schedule appointments Because she was making it easier for you, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's got to be a cost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that reminds me, I was just listening to an interview uh, with a band, and they were like talking about how their their limitations as musicians made them focus on like simple songwriting, and that's why they have great songs, but they it's because they couldn't like solo. Let us, you know ju- what I mean? let us judge whether the songs were great. What band? <laughs> <laughs> they, this is them saying they're great, yeah. uh, but they were great, and they're a little band, maybe you've heard of them, known as A Toad of the Wet Sprocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, uh, walked yeah. on the ocean, as you can recall, you maybe in uh, ninety. I don't know what that was for. Couldn't name a song. I thought really. You were gonna, I thought you were talking about Oasis because I think Oasis also said that. But I think they are a great band. I I think Oasis doesn't say we can't play our instruments. I feel no, like... they didn't say it like that. But yeah. they just talked about their uh, education background and why they would never write complex songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're like thugs. Yeah, they're they're just dummies from Manchester. <laughs> I, I, I would think thugs would want to write complex songs just to prove they could do it. Like I've like I've worked with some actors who didn't graduate high school, but they wanted their characters to have graduate degrees. You know? <laughs> That's so sad. I, I can tell you. I can tell you the best one. It was uh, so, so the John Larroquette show. Uh, like in 1995, he worked at a bus station, right? And like Larroquette, I don't know what, he didn't graduate high school, but he like collects books and like his desk had like bound copies of books and like a quill or whatever. He looks and like so, a guy that would have books. Yeah, he uh, wants to look like that. And so his character who ran the bus station was named John Hemingway. And no. he was an English professor who'd like lost his job or something because of drinking. And so now he was working at the bus station. So his problem was that he was a debauched genius writer, English professor named Hemingway. (laughs) (laughs) And he never graduated high school. (laughs) I love that. That, that in man, I've, I've only known a couple of people that like didn't graduate high school in the, in the traditional sense of like, you know, they had like, and they had the biggest chip on their shoulders about it. Now imagine turning it into like Lyriquette, like into perfect diction. (laughs) Yeah. What a crazy thing to do with your anger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to act more educated than the most educated person out there. (laughs) I don't care how, it is way harder than high school to do this, but I'm doing it. Yeah, that's so crazy. Uh, We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Uh, So you mentioned that you had like you would let your daughter have sleepovers and stuff like that. Did you ever have any like awkward? Because I'm I I just started doing playdates and my daughter's six. I'm wondering how the dynamic of like having kids over, like how does that work? Here's one thing I'd say. It's not exactly your question, but I've got a story and I've got a fact. The fact, my daughter and her friends have never seen me with my shirt off. 
and like I have a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And like when I was a, when I was a kid, I would say the dads were very unabashed about being shirtless. Yes. Um, yeah. And my dad lo- would walk around in tidy whiteies. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, I just decided like once my daughter's friends hit puberty, they don't need to see dad in the pool, around the pool, like right. any of that stuff. So I was always pretty careful. The story that pissed me off more than anything when I was a parent, though, was when my daughter was seven and she was in a day camp, but they were having one special night with a sleepover where they all had their tents Mm -hmm. um, on a lawn. She'd forgotten her toothbrush or something. So I drive to the camp to give it to her. It's still light out. I'm approaching with the toothbrush and these girls are all like sitting in their pajamas outside their tents. It's the summer. Maybe it's 8 p.m. where they're going to have their sleepover that night on the grass. This woman, a counselor, starts screaming at the girls. Girls, get in your tents. It's a man. Think. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> At a dad approaching with a toothbrush. <laughs> Think. Think. Like, Imagine like, what is, all the terrible things yeah, this man like, might like, do. Like, what is the message that that's giving to these girls? And, like, uh. on the one hand, I do think that people have to be careful. But on the other hand, like, you can't pathologize every dad who's approaching with a toothbrush. Or at least, like, know, <laughs> know who the dads are maybe before you start screaming, you know? I'd say one in six dads approaching with a toothbrush have bad intentions. <laughs> think. <laughs> but th- <laughs> <laughs> think oh that's nothing those moments where a person reveals everything about themselves and nothing about the situation yeah. are so funny to and me. there are cases like in general if you're like the mom's boyfriend or the stepfather or whatever you kind of like have to have a kind of good humor about it's like whatever i'm a joke i'm creepy whatever yeah. but like everyone's all i do get pissed and like i find myself on twitter like twice a year maybe responding angrily to just some stupid stepfather joke because like i do feel like a lot of us are doing the best job we can yeah 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 yeah, yeah i mean it's true it's a sad thing because it's such a, being a step parent is like one of the hardest things i could think of and to, after to, mom Huh? I think mom is still the hardest job. Oh in no! The world. I just, <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> my mom always said though that like before she had a career when she was still married, being a stay-at-home mother was the easiest job she ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and she would she would piss off so many of her friends saying that. I love that. Uh, but yeah, the, it is. It's the stigma sucks because it's such a hard job, and so many people are doing a great one. That's the thing. I feel like there actually are out there. Like if you get into conversations with people, even including people who like make jokes about stepdads, a lot of them had pretty good stepdads who did decent jobs. You yeah, know? Yeah. But it is like such a source of derision in our society. The main one is you can't complain. Like if you're like if you hear a group of moms t- talking and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe summer's coming. I'm gonna have to deal with this kid." all summer oh he's so annoying they're gonna complain about being bored off i can't fucking can't believe that i'm gonna be they're gonna be stuck in the house they can totally say oh and they can all laugh about it if a stepmom is like i can't believe i'm gonna fucking deal with this kid they're like you're a monster yes i think that i think that's a good rule moving forward is that not to do a new rule like i think this is great but you know what, step parents, let's put them on a pedestal and like just take down uncles. <laughs> They've had a do good for too long. Let's yeah. take down uncles. And uncles do nothing and they post more photos than stepdads in yes. some cases. I started getting really mad about uncle photos because I'm like, because it's always a comic who's like, sibling has a real life. And then they'll go home for like a day and hold their sibling's baby and be like, hey, I'm an uncle. And they'll get a thousand likes. And you're like, go fuck yourself. Uncles only do that because it's the only human thing about them. Exactly. Like, it really, like, I have so many. Let's face it. We're talking about Mark Norman. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, wasn't it Alan who was doing all the uncle stuff for a while? Alan. Is it Alan Strickland Williams? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing Uncle Solid I can for, see an, him for, doing for, that. for a month. Yeah. I can totally see him doing that. <laughs> a lot of cute, <laughs> a lot of cute uncle. photos with the kid. Oh. All I think about is being an uncle now. Oh, right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay, so you want to play a game? I'd love to. Let's play a game. So oh, it is already... a game. I think it's a game. I okay. say yes without knowing anything, but you need to know more. Come on, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is this game is called Hard Rule, Simple Rule. No, it's called Simple Rule, Hard Rule. Okay, wow. Okay. Changing it on the fly. <laughs> so I'm going to go down the list, and I'm going to say a simple rule that uh, parent of, of parenting, a rule that pretty much is a universal rule that we can all agree on. And then you will do a more specific subset of that rule that's a hard rule for you related to that rule. So, for example, right. the one that Sean sent me that made me think this is the game, <laughs> but I could be wrong, was he wrote, um, "No <laughs> simple rule, no dating, <laughs> which is a universal rule we can but all agree on. I really put it as just like an example that we would not even use okay, or you would never good. say out loud. So this is good for uh, p- a model. Yeah. Uh, and then the hard rule is no dating recording artist Shaggy. Yeah. But, what, but, <laughs> but wait, does this have to do this with is, parenting? Does yes. Have to do, this uh, is a hard... So, so no dating, you mean your kid shouldn't date? Yeah, like these are... He was joking. Yeah, oh, okay, no, yeah. oh, but these are rules that a parent... Okay, but anyway, they're rules a parent would make for a kid. Yes. yes. Now I understand. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. These are not rules for society, a la Bill Maher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, these are new rules. Yeah, not... Uh, okay, so I've got one. Okay. No, a simple no, rule ahead. or a hard rule? We can go around I've got thing. both. Let's okay. I feel like the best advice that uh, a friend my mother's gave me because like a lot of people will say don't do drugs, right? Right. Here's what my mother's friend said to me really seriously when I went to college. Don't mix drugs. That's good. That is good. I mean, the exact opposite of my uh parents who my dad told me he smoked pot once. One time, and he was like, not for me. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then my mom never tried it. Wow. Never. That's insane to me. But I, was but was mine an example of the game? I think that- Did um, I do the game What's right? fascinating about the mixed rule, don't mix drugs part is that in some way, it's more specific and still more vague. Like, it still makes you go like, wait, why? But I, I think, think don't mix did... drugs is more specific than don't do drugs. Yeah. Oh, it I, is. Yeah, it is. no, yeah. that is a perfect- <laughs> That's a better example My, than shaggy and so the simple So the simple rule is don't do drugs. The right. hard rule is don't, don't mix, mix drugs. And, the, and don't mix drugs is a better rule right. in some it ways. Is. You know what okay. I mean? My dad's was, the simple rule is don't do drugs. My dad's hard rule was don't do hard. He literally said don't do hard drugs. <laughs> That's the hard rule. Yeah, that was the hard rule. With no definition of what it, what constitutes hard drugs. In our house, we knew I knew hard drugs meant anything above like I could do weed, acid, and mushrooms, and okay. then anything after that was hard drugs. To me, acid feels hard. Well, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I agree. I think to me, chemicals are so, like acid feels different from mushrooms to me. It does. This was in the '90s. <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> I mean, your dad was dropping Sid on the reg. <laughs> he was dropping. He dropped a lot of Sid in the sixties. Uh, okay, so now I think we all understand this game. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so a simple rule: uh, no drunk driving. Hard rule: I have seriously though, <laughs> wait, no drunk driving. Wait, what? What did? <laughs> what did the simple rule be? No drinking. Oh, right. And, and the, the harder rule be no drunk driving. 
Because <laughs> I feel like no drug driving is just honestly not. No drinking is not a hard, is not a simple rule for me. I feel like they're gonna drink. That is true. I mean, you know? like there is no actual policing of. No, I mean, they're gonna drink. If I was, they're gonna drink, they're gonna drink. I was 13 years old, and my friend Chris White's uncle was buying us like blackberry brandy. Yeah, <laughs> and we were drinking at the uh, movie theaters to make it easier to swallow for a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a definite rule like don't let me catch you drinking my alcohol. Right. Because, like, I'm not really a drinker. See, that's right and out I of might... the John Levinstein yeah. book of parenting. <laughs> well, because I'm not really a drinker, and I might not notice, but, like, if I notice that they drank, because, again, then I would feel responsible if one of her friends drank something in my house. Oh, the same friend. This is It's good. also theft. Yeah. The <laughs> same friend of my mother's who said, don't mix drugs. When my sister was in high school, and she wanted to score pot, and she went to my mother's cool friend, mm-hmm. Fred, here's what he did when he scored the pot for her. This is not for your friends. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's unenforceable. Sm- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it is smart. It is smart. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that is we the great thing about growing up around a bunch of like uh I grew up with almost exclusively Irish Catholic kids mm-hmm. is uh people older than us would just have like our are like uh my friend's grandparents they just had like 13 kids Mm -hmm. so inevitably someone's uncle was like six years older than us who would buy us (laughs) alcohol it was the best and yeah like they always have like pot connections and stuff Mm -hmm. i mean yeah we but they shared i mean i don't know why i'm bringing this up i i guess i just want to make chris white's uncle mike feel bad (laughs) for ruining my childhood yeah, I, I think I think obviously the way you, you talked about the sex thing, it's like I'm against it. So I no yes, no drinking, but I realize you're gonna go if you're gonna drink, you're gonna drink. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wouldn't. So yes, that's in, and so no drunk driving though is like I'm serious. But I feel like that's not a simple rule in a way. <laughs> like no drunk driving. I think that should just be like my rule was more like. If you might drink or if you might do anything, don't take the car. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I would tend to ask the question sooner. Right. That's good. Yeah. No drunk driving, though. That just seems like... I mean, that's... It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is literally a law. Yeah, like, it is. Uh, okay, do you have a simple rule? I, uh, yeah, I guess a simple rule. I'm trying to think of something. You guys could probably help me with a hard rule, but, like, my... Uh, my simple rule that my parents gave me was, uh... oh man, what did they? <laughs> they <laughs> let a, you do your th- own thing. Yeah, this is actually going to be uh, eye-opening have another one. for me because I had no rules growing up. Like, yeah. other than like, I guess like, I guess a rule that my parents had where like they were like no drugs, no drinking. And no curse. My parents didn't let me curse. Oh, that's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So I guess no cursing. So what? Okay, harden that up. Uh, no cursing at me. I had I did have a rule when my daughter was younger. It was no cursing unless it's funny. Oh, <laughs> that is good. <laughs> like if you need if you need it for a laugh, and if it gets a laugh, I'll never I'll never be upset with that. Right. I also had a rule when she was like it wasn't a rule, but it was advice. It was strong advice when she was like five to seven. Like let's say there's a bunch of adults around. If you get a big laugh, leave the room. Oh, because she good. would chase after it. She would repeat oh, what she yeah. said. Oh, and she the... would just start dancing for pennies. It's like, get out on the big laugh. <laughs> I know. What are you, John Lovitz? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's just a great rule for life. It I is. Think. That's a tough one to teach. Uh, w- um, 
Because no have... swearing if it, unless it's funny. Also, like you're teaching kids context, which I think is good too. Yeah, it absolutely is. Like I, I feel like what what was so strange is like I feel my dad only curses. And then my mom never curses. <laughs> so she had this rule of like, no cursing, no cursing. Mm-hmm. And then now, as an adult, like... What's your rule going to be with Nolan? I mean, I'm just going to allow cursing because I, I got to a point where I was cursing a lot in front of my well, parents. You, you like, say that, but if he's like nine and he's like, what uh, the fuck uh, is this potato? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of uh, conscious of not cursing in front of him now because yeah. he's become a massive repeater. Like, mm-hmm. he yeah. loves repeating. So I I don't curse, but Aaron will get frustrated and be like, motherfucker. And yeah. like, I'm like, ah! So maybe I'm going to be a no cursing. <laughs> but when he hits 14, this funny thing, this, yeah, is, this changes a, everything. That's a loophole. Well, and then the hard rule some parents do, which also can work, and I think kids can do it. I think parents underestimate kids is you can't curse at school, but you can curse at home. Yeah. They understand. Yeah. I mean, my my girls know, we listen to tons of music that have bad words in it. They never repeat the, the, the words. Have They'll they sing cur- the whole song and not say the bad part. Have they, they know. Have they cursed already? No. Uh, like once or twice, there's been a couple funny ones, but it's not like a problem at all. Yeah. Um, I remember being a little kid and like uh, honestly getting like soap in my mouth. Oh, yeah. I got in big trouble. <laughs> I made up a worse thing. So I, I called my sister a fucking asshole when I was five. And she, we both, like, the air left the room. We both couldn't yeah. believe I said it. And she's five years older than me. She ran to my mom, right? So I go, she come, my mom comes running in like, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And I go, she kicked me in the in the wiener. And she was like, what? And I was like, because I just had to make up something yeah. that would make me say that to her. And then Par got in so much trouble. My mom was like, you could really injure him and he'll never be able to have kids. And I was like, yes. I like, I lied the perfect lie. It was fucking great. Um, how about my, one of my dad's simple rules was, uh, no borrowing money. Like, if you can't afford it, you don't get it. Mm. And then it was later, it was no credit cards, which was like, <laughs> nice try. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a great rule. It is. Uh, yeah, it like, is but it... I wish my parents taught me that. Well, he taught me that, and it didn't work at all. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, like, no borrowing money. Because um... <laughs> it gets uh, from friends, basically. Like, don't borrow money from your friends, because it's going to ruin oh. your friendships. Oh, only borrow money from your friends who don't like confrontations. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. My thing was more like I would pay for whatever and I would also sometimes like pay for my daughter's friends. But like I was very sensitive when she was younger. If it felt like a situation where she was paying for friendship, I wouldn't do it. Okay. So it would always become like a conversation about the friendship. Like I don't like I'll pay for a vacation. I'll pay for anything, but not if it feels like an unequal friendship, Mm -hmm. you know. That's pretty good. Oh, man. So smart. This guy's so smart. He's so smart. Like, I just truly am just thinking of how when you analyze parenting, it can make a well-adjusted person. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a good job. It's it's almost depressing to hear that you can do a good job. <laughs> I prefer the Brendan Walsh style, which is, I don't fucking know. These kids are all going to be assholes. <laughs> I mean, most of his episode was talking about how he might hit another kid. <laughs> It's tempting. <laughs> oh, okay. That brings us to the. the you know, let's every time. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's open the diaper bag. Oh, disgusting. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, one day we're gonna fix the seal of the diaper bag. <laughs> we gotta get a new bag. Uh, our diaper bag. Our question from uh, at Carlos Fugazi. I doubt Fugazi is his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He said, would you let someone, friend say, else discipline your kid, or at the very least, let him or her tell your kid they're doing something wrong? Not a lot of context in that one, but... No, but I, I've, I don't know if I would let another person discipline the kid, but I would definitely let another person tell my kid they're doing something wrong. Like, that... Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yes of uh-huh. course that's crazy and that some is- parents would say no to that too though yeah they yeah. would yeah. why because they're like that's not wrong for it's not your job to tell them it's it's whatever yeah. they're crazy they're wrong so who cares but i've heard that only applies to children named Braden. <laughs> <laughs> uh would i let yeah i have no problem as long as they're be- doing it in a um they're not being like violent or, or or trying to scare yeah you know if they're doing it in order to intimidate or scare my kid then we're gonna have a problem but if if they're literally being a reasonable a reasonable adult that caught them doing something and simply reacted in the moment i have no problem with that i think it takes a village i'm uh case by case like yeah there's some people where right away I'll say whatever you want to do with the kid is fine. I trust, I trust you. And there's some people where I just don't trust them because like other agendas come into play. And like my mm-hmm. my sister, I felt like for years would game situations in one way or another to protect her daughter's feelings. Where again, like yeah, she would act like my daughter was doing something wrong because her daughter had a feeling about it. And it's like my daughter is not responsible for your daughter's feelings, you know? Yeah. And like, and yet she would come at it as a black and white sort of thing. So like in that case, I'd be like, no, don't, don't discipline my kid. And then there's other situations where like, I I will step in whether I have permission or not. If I don't like the way a kid is being with an animal. Yes. Uh, I think that's a, a great, uh, yeah, the animal doesn't have a voice. And some parents are pretty loose about that, or they think it's cute, or they wait until what it's if, too late. I have late. a question. What if it's that family's animal? I'll still take the heat. I don't care. Wow. Like, I'll, I'll raise it. I'll say, are you sure that your animal likes that? It'll be like, oh, yeah, he likes it. I'll turn to the parent. Is that true? I've never seen a dog that likes that before. I, I will not stop wow. until I hear, yes, this dog is really different. And it, loves having, <laughs> it loves having its leg bent, <laughs> bent in that direction. <laughs> And then the dog's like, uh, <laughs> sorry. And, and I have at times, it's you've got to really thread the needle, but I threatened kids a few times where I felt like they were treating my daughter like shit when, they, when she was little, where I felt like, okay, I've got to send this kid a message that my daughter is not the one to fuck with without their parents knowing I did it. And, it's a kind, and the way you do it oh, basically right, yeah. is saying things that sound kind of innocuous, but with an insane tone that they can't describe to their parents in a way, in a way that's understandable, like within the limits of like a is five this, or yeah. six year old. Is this what the slap was about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, so like there was one kid once on the beach where like he wouldn't let my daughter at a party dig a hole in the sand at the ocean with like three other kids. Oh, And they're all just digging a big hole. And my daughter like made this- What, he owns the beach? Exactly. My daughter made what I consider to be a mistake, tactically speaking, at like age seven by saying, can I play with you guys? And he's like, no. And I would say to her, don't ask, just play. Just play. Yeah, (laughs) act like you've been there before. (laughs) Because give kids a chance to say no when some of these assholes will. So it's like, no. And so I like sidle up to that kid. I'm like, you won't let her dig a hole with you? I was like, I was like, I was so incredulous hissing in this kid's ear. And like, he was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's like, okay, yeah, because I didn't think that was possible. You wouldn't let her take a hole of sand? I mean, you're all at a party together? That would be crazy, right? That would be crazy. It must be a misunderstanding. 
Okay, he said it's fine. He said it's fine. No, I knew that was crazy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so there you go, Carlos Fugazi. Yeah. I think, uh, I think so. The rule is, I think, if an animal is involved or something uh, that can't speak up for itself, if you're defending a helpless creature mm-hmm. of any kind or a smaller child, I would yeah. say, even yeah. I would even argue, then it's okay to step in. And I think it's okay <laughs> if you don't want to get caught to use psychotone. Uh, yeah, psychotone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote? You know, I'm back to my retirement. I mean, my podcast last year, John Levenstein's Retirement Party, started as a joke, but now I honestly feel like I never know because my well, you uh, come out of you only come out of retirement to work, of course. <laughs> and yet, my what I would do is becoming more and more narrow as far as right. like my own things that would get made, like Frankenstein's monsters, monster Frankenstein, for example. How many more of those do I have in me, and will right. anyone do them? And then, like, if I'm working on someone else's show. Like, my conditions in terms of product and process can get so crazy to the point I won't even say them. I'll, <laughs> like, like I'll, 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 I'll just say no instead rather than, like, have everyone have an upsetting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll do it. But the thing has to be all in miniature. And, like, sometimes I'll, like, I'll, someone want me to go in for a meeting. I'll be like... Do they really want me to go in and just dis- insult their show? Do they want a voice of dissent? I yeah. mean, do they yeah, know yeah. what they're in for just having a meeting with me? Nothing more dangerous in this business than a guy who doesn't need it anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> and like I'm trying to say, like, I want to go out like being friends with everyone. I don't want to put myself in an environment where I become poisonous because I hate it so much. But then the other kind of part of me is like, well, sure, I like the action. Maybe I'll do a job, but I'm trying to protect myself and others at this point. Pretty good. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, John. Thank you, thank guys. You. I think you were too valuable and too good a guest, and we owe you money now. Oh, so, I'm thrilled. All right. I won't take the money, but I'm thrilled. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, and tune in next week, and rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.